0: Turn over page number 308. Then you've got to stand up. We're going to sing, Are You Washed in the Blood? Page 308. Get your songbook now. There we go. All the first now. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you full? Trusting in his grace, this hour, are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments spotless? Are they white as snow? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? On the second now. Are you walking daily by the Savior's side? Are you washed in the blood?
1: Turn around and fellowship one with another.
0: The last now. Lay aside the garments that are stained with sin. All be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Let's
1: remain stand for a word of prayer. Let's ask the Lord to open our hearts up to all the things that He has for us. Marvin Hughes, if you would please lead us in prayer. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes.
0: Amen. Let's continue to sing. Page 227, everyone remain standing at the cross. Whoa. Uh...
1: Let ushers come forward to receive her offering and let me remind you again that everything you give on Wednesday nights goes to support the Bible conference that we have in the fall so let me encourage you to give and your giving helps us to bring others in and help them to be able to come in for the week and then how many of you are planning on heading out of town this weekend anybody most of y'all I'd say everyone I know when you have an offering plan that's what you do I I Everybody waits. So when's Brother King going to have Chester Joe Ash? And as soon as I announce it, that's when when they put in for their vacations. I know how folk do. Uh, Sunday's the Chester Joe Ash, and I'll say a little bit more about that. Also, let me just make mention real quick. I got a note coming out to those who are going on our trip. Uh, We leave Monday week. I think think it's Monday week. And those that are going on the cruise. And uh, I sent a note out. I forgot to make mention of the last letter, but... Uh, if you are going on the cruise, you need to have a photo ID, like your driver's license, whatever, and a certified birth certificate or the original. So um, if you if you don't have one, you have to have both of those items before you can get off the ship in Mexico. And so if you don't have those, I'm giving you a little notice so you can work on getting those. But you, if, if you got a passport, problem solved. But if you don't have a passport, you'll need a... Uh, state driver's license or a state approved uh, photo ID which is driver's license whatever there and uh, you will need your birth certificate. It has to be the original or a certified copy of it. So if you don't have those, uh, go to work on those so you can have those so you can get off the ship. I'd hate for you to to stay on ship all day and suffer and have to eat all that food and everything like that. So you want to be able to get off the ship in the Cozumel but you have to have those two items to get off. So uh, work on those things let's pray now and you give tonight and the lord will honor you for your giving father we thank you for the privilege of being been able to give to you we thank you for what you're doing and we continue to look to you now that you will continue to glorify yourself in all that is being done bless the service now and open our hearts to what you have for us in this service in jesus name amen
2: only son and that is why I love him so for I was born in his likeness created in his image for beside him for I was born to serve of the Lord. I was born in his likeness, created in his image. him, I'll always walk beside him, for I was born to serve the Lord.
1: you to take God's Word and turn to the book of Mark, chapter 12, the book of Mark, chapter 12, and I want to speak to you tonight on how to evaluate your giving. I know a lot of times folks say, that's all that preacher ever does, is preach on giving. Well, if you're here every week, you know that uh, I only take just two or three services, four or five, six or seven, something like that. Uh, 10 or 11, Now, I I usually take three or four services in the spring and and talk about giving, and and I take uh, the opportunity to do so around the chest of Joash. But uh, I want us to look tonight and think about how to evaluate our giving. Now, I do not, listen, I I say this all my heart, I do not apologize for preaching on giving. Because the Bible has a lot to say about giving, and I've said this before, Jesus had more to say about money and man's relationship to money than he did heaven or hell. So if it was important to the Lord Jesus talk about money in that uh, measure, then it's very, very important to me. I think about two fellas that were marooned on an island out in the middle of the ocean. One of them was about to panic. He was scared to death. I mean, he paced the little island. He was just terrified. And the other fellow was just as calm as he could be. And the fellow said to him, he said, How can you be so calm? We are marooned on an island. We could die here. How can you be succumbed? And the fellow said, Listen, my tithe average is about $1,000 a week. He said, My preacher will find me. Don't worry about it. We'll be found. Amen? <laughs> but this matter of giving, it's an exciting thing to give to the Lord. I want you to stand as we honor the reading of His Word. In Mark 12, we have a wonderful story. It's a wonderful story about giving. And of all the things that the Bible has to say about giving, this is a little story that if you listen to it carefully and learn from it, it can say more to you about giving than any other story in the Bible. It's about a little lady, a poor widow she is called, and two little mites that she gave to the Lord. Look in verse 41, Mark 12. The Bible said, And Jesus sat over against the treasury... And beheld how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites which make a fathering. And he called unto him his disciples and said unto them, or saith unto them, Verily I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance... But she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Thank you. You may be seated. Let's pray. And then tonight for just a little while, I want us to think about this matter of how to evaluate our giving. Let's pray. Father, I learned a long time ago that one of the most liberating experiences in the life of a believer involves learning how to give. And one of the most liberating experiences in a church is when they begin to give liberally and sacrificially. Father, it is glorifying to you. In fact, you tell us in your word that we're to honor you with our substance and the first fruits of our increase. That we are to honor you. We are to glorify you. We are to express our appreciation and adoration to you through our giving. Father, we ask you now to teach us to give. We thank you, Lord, for the things that you have taught us through the years about giving, but we want to know more about giving that we might enter into the blessings of giving even in a greater way. So speak to us now, and I pray, Lord, that we will grow spiritually as a result of what you show us tonight in your word. Thank you again for your love and your grace, for it's in Jesus' name we pray and ask these things. Amen. I ran across a little thing one time that... uh, had to talk, We're talking about the Christian who tithes, how he'll be surprised. I don't know who wrote it. In fact, it just uh, didn't have a, an author uh, that it was ascribed to whatever there. But it had the statement, the Christian who tithes will be surprised. Then it had four answers and responses to that. They said the Christian who tithes will be surprised, number one, at the amount of money he has for the Lord's work. When a believer begins to tithe, And they first say, well, I don't have the money to tithe. I can't afford to tithe. And as I have often said, it's not a matter that you can't afford to tithe. You can't afford to tithe. You can't afford not to tithe. But a Christian, when they begin to tithe and learn to give the right way, they'll be amazed and surprised at the amount of money that they do have for the Lord's work. A Christian who tithes will be surprised, number two, at the deepening of his own spiritual life in paying the tithe. See the matter of giving to God is much more than shelling out money. It is a an experience in the Christian life. It is a part of your relationship with God. It is a part of your worship. It is an expression of your worship and honoring God. And when a man learns how to give and give in a biblical way, it will deepen their Christian life. And he'll be surprised at how much, if you give with the right attitude and give the way God wants you to give, how much it will deepen your relationship with God. The Christian who ties will be surprised, number three, at the ease of meeting his own obligations with the nine-tenths. And I say that again, the Christian who tithes will be surprised at the ease of meeting his own obligations with the nine-tenths. Now, the reason many believers don't tithe is they feel like they can't tithe. They don't have the money to tithe. But there can be those, I'm sure in this room tonight, can stand up and testify that when they begin to honor God and begin to do what God told them and to give what God told them to give, they were surprised at how they were able to do more with nine-tenths than they were with the total amount. And so you'll be surprised at the ease of meeting your own obligation with nine-tenths, as the writer said. And then number four, the Christian who tithes will be surprised at the ease of going from one-tenth to a larger increase. You see, the battleground is over obeying God in the first step. And the battleground with Satan is giving that first 10% of it to God. But if you ever begin to tithe and give that 10% to God you'll be surprised at how easy it is to go above that and give more to God. Again, I don't know who wrote those, give those four points, but I think they're worth repeating. Because I am mindful tonight that when I talk about giving, that many believers have never learned the blessing of tithing. Many believers, believers have never learned the joy and the blessing of giving a tenth of their income to God. Now, you've got to understand something. you God may have you give it through your church, but you're really giving it to God. It is more than a gift to Temple Baptist Church or wherever, whatever, whatever church you give it to, uh, but it is a gift to God. And so this matter of tithing is something you give to God, and many believers have never learned the joy and the blessing of doing so. Now, I have discovered down through the years, and again, I have no idea who gives and who does not give. I have no idea in this room you, they give, how much you give. Only very, very few people know that. Rhonda and those who might count the money and take the money out of the envelopes and whatever like that, and that is a very, very private matter and has never been discussed by any of those that might know. We've always tried to guard that. It's none of our business what you give. It's between you and God. So I have no idea what you give, but I found this to be a standing rule in most churches that many believers will give something, but they never begin to tithe. And what I mean by that is that let's say this is an individual that makes $300 a week. And what they'll do on Sunday, if you were to give a tithe of $300, that would be $30, right? That's an easy figure. If you make $300, then a tithe of that would be $30. But here's what many believers do, if not the majority of believers. They make $300 a week, but they'll probably put $20 in the offering plate. Now, what they have done is they have given something, but they have not tithed. They have given an amount to God, but they have not obeyed God because tithing is a tenth of your income. Not 9%, not 5%, not 2. some percent as the average is across the nation, but tithing is, and when you begin to tithe, you give that which God commands you to give, and that is a tenth of your income. And many believers have never learned the blessing of tithing. They give something, but they've never learned the blessing of tithing. And furthermore, the majority believers, not only many, but the majority believers, in my opinion, have never learned the blessing of giving both a tithe and an offering to God. Now, there may be, when you talk about tithing, there may be some and many that have learned to tithe and very faithful, and I'm sure there's a large number of our congregation that is very faithful in their tithing. That is obvious by what comes in here and what you're enabling us to do here. That's obvious. But I am sure that a majority in any church you would go into have never learned the blessing of giving both a tithe and an offering to God. The Bible talks about Malachi as one example. Bring your tithes and offerings to God. You see, back in the Old Testament, God gave a measuring stick for giving. God gave us somewhat of a guide for giving. I want you to understand something. Tithe was never a final amount. A tithe was set up by God to give you a standard whereby to base your giving and judge your giving. A tithe, a tenth of your income, was to be like a guide, a ruler, a measuring stick to what you give. You are to give a tithe to God and that which belongs to God, it all belongs to God, but there's that part that God asks for you to give out of that which is is His, and that's a tithe. But He also wants you to go over and above your tithe and give an offering to God. Now, I would say the majority in this room tonight have learned the blessing of tithing. But I would say many in this room tonight have never learned the blessing of giving both a tithe and an offering to God. And I say in this room, that is usually the, uh, the average anywhere you would go here, anywhere else. Big churches, little churches, that is usually the general rule. But I want to say to you tonight that blessing is not a burden, that giving is not a burden, giving is a blessing. Like Jimmy Carter, President Carter one time said, when it comes to giving, some people stop at nothing. And that's about the truth. Get an amen right there. And someone else said and made this statement. I say all that I say this, to bring you to our story here that talks about the evaluation or how to properly evaluate our giving. Learning the blessing of tithing, learning the blessing, the double blessing of both tithing and giving an offering to God. And here's a wonderful story that illustrates that and tells us how to evaluate our giving. Someone said that the best thing that the government could do for churches is to stop printing $1 bills. Can I get an amen right there? But I want to say tonight that it's very possible that Sunday morning or Sunday night or whenever we receive an offering that a dollar bill may be the biggest gift given in that service. Again, someone made, a, made the humorous statement that the best thing the government could do for churches is to stop printing $1 bills. And I understand that statement. But it is very possible that an offering could be received here on the Lord's Day or even Wednesday night or any other time and a dollar bill may be given and it may be the biggest offering given in that or biggest contribution made in that service that night. Not in terms of how much it is worth, but in terms of who give it And why they give it. Look at the story. Let me give you three things about it. Are you with me tonight? Say amen. How many of you like for me to preach on giving? Say amen. All right. Rest of you get right after service. All right. Number one, let me give you three things from the story. I want you to notice Mark 12 and notice, first of all, where Jesus sat. Notice where Jesus sat. Verse 41 the Bible said Jesus sat over against the treasury. Now, when you read that statement there, we learn where Jesus was at. For one thing, he was at the temple. The treasury was located in the temple. So here it is, Passover season, and the city of Jerusalem is full of people coming from all over the land of Israel to come to this holy day, this festival day to, uh, for Passover. And so the temple area is very, very full, full. And Jesus is among those that comes to the temple to worship on Passover day. He is at the temple, but he's against the treasury or near the treasury. For verse 41 said, Jesus sat over against the treasury or to put it another way, Jesus sat by the treasury. Now what is the treasury? He's at the temple. As he's in the temple, he is sitting by the treasury. Well, the treasury was a row of collection boxes. In fact, there were 13 of them in all. And sometimes they were called trumpets. And that was due to the fact how they were shaped. The top part of the boxes there, uh, the, where you drop the money in, was shaped like the end of a trumpet. It'd be like if you've ever been on the highways and you go through these toll gates and whatever and you got these round things where you just throw your coins over in them and they'll catch them and filter them down in there. Much the same ideal in these collection boxes. Big, wide mouths and they narrowed down and channeled the money into a box. And so many times they would call them trumpets, but there were 13 of them. And every one of these boxes had a specific purpose and why people would give. In fact, every one of these trumpets or every one of these boxes had a label on it. And the label designator said this, if you put in this box, this is where the money is going. And they had all these boxes for different reasons sometimes. There were nine of them, for example, where you were to put appointed money. That is money that was required money you had to bring, dues that were owed and whatever there. Nine of them were for those designated appointed offerings. And so you would put your money in each designated box and the proportion in which you were required to give. And then the other four were for free will offerings. But again, every one of them were labeled. Some of them had to do with the uh, sacrifices. Some of them had to do with wood. You give money to buy wood in order to have the sacrifices. Some of them... You would put money in for incense. Some of you put money in for the maintenance of the temple, for the decoration of the temple. Some of them you'd put money in for the burnt offerings to buy the sheep, to buy the oxen, whatever there. But everyone on would designate it. Just like some of our Sunday school classes got the little baskets that pass around on Sunday morning and you have about seven, eight baskets come by you on Sunday morning. One says flower fund and uh, that's F-L-O-W-E-R. And the next one comes by Flower Fund, F-L-O-U-R. And you've got uh, Mission Fund. You've got all these different baskets that go by. Same way. You come by, you would come by these collection boxes and you would drop money in where you were supposed to drop money in. And then in the other four boxes, if you had extra money, he's going to give a free will offer, you would drop them in. That was the treasury. And that's where Jesus is sitting in the story. That's the background of the story, where Jesus sat. But look at the second thing in the story. Notice whom Jesus saw. You not only see where he sat in verse 41, but you also see whom he saw. For the Bible said in verse 41, And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury, and many that were rich cast in much. You see the word beheld there in verse 41? It is a word that speaks of more than just a casual glance. It's not like Jesus walked into the uh, uh, outer court here, the women's court. That's where these trumpets were, these collection boxes were. And many believe he was probably sitting in the gate called beautiful. And he's sitting there and he's watching and looking at the people as they drop their money in. And it's more than him just sitting there and just kind of scanning the outer court, the women's court, and just happen to notice them. No, the idea behind the word beheld that is used here is that he watched them intensely that he was very, very interested in what they were doing. It is a word that describes to look with interest, to look with perception. We might say to scrutinize. So it's not a casual glance, but Jesus sat there. How long he sat there, I don't know. But with great interest, he watched the people and their giving. He watched the people come by the trumpets or the collection box, the treasury, and put their money in. That's who he saw. Now, what is it that Jesus watched? What is it that he was observing as the people came by the collection boxes? For one thing, he was watching what people gave. He was noticing again in verse 41. He beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. Jesus was very interested in what they were giving. In fact, he talks about what they gave and different ones. And the giving on that day went from one end of the spectrum to the other. There were many that came by, as we read in the text here, that cast much into the treasure. They gave a large gift on that day. And the word much that is used there in verse 41, they cast the money in the treasury and many that were rich cast in much. They gave large sums, you might say. A very, very large sum. There were those that came by that day and Jesus watched them. He knew what they were giving. And he watched as some very rich people came by and put in large gifts into the offering. But he also noticed that day he was watching someone that gave a little gift for you notice there in verse 42 and there came a certain poor widow and she threw in two mites which make a fathering and here's this little lady there was some Jesus as he sat there watching them observing everybody that came by just thinking about him and and looking on with perception, he saw those that brought in large sums of money. But here came a little widow woman or a poor widow woman. I don't know if she's little or not. But here was a poor widow woman. She may have been a big one, but I don't know. But here was this poor widow woman. And she came by and she dropped two mites into the box. And Jesus saw it. Now that was a little offering. For example, two mites, the word that it comes from, the coin in those days was called a lepton. A lepton. She dropped in two leptons you might say or two mites and the word lepton literally means a thin one in fact we get our word leaf like a leaf off a tree we get our word leaf from the word that is translated mite, lepton leaf and something that is very very thin and it was called a lepton in that day because it was the thinnest of all the coins that existed Not only was it the thinnest of all the coins that existed, it was the smallest of all the coins. Not only just small in size, but small in value. In fact, it tells us there in verse 42, she threw in two mites and two mites make a fathering. Hendrickson in his commentary said it's almost impossible to compare currency in those days with currency today. But he said to the best of what he could understand that a fathering in those days would be equivalent to a quarter of a penny in our day. A quarter of a penny, not a penny. Now think about it. Here's a woman now coming by and she throws in two coins that makes up a quarter cent. So if it's a quarter of a penny, two mites, then she had two coins and each on this worth about an eighth of a cent. And that's the little gift that she brought in and she threw in that day. But here's the thing about it. Jesus watched it all. He watched those that gave a large gift and he watched those that gave a little gift. I want to say to you tonight, God still watches our giving. God watches what we give to him. On Sunday, in fact, when we put our money in just a moment ago, when Bobby walked over here and I dropped my offering in there, God saw that. And God watched what I gave tonight. And God watched what you gave tonight. He watches our giving. I may never know, as I said a moment ago, what you give. But I want you to know something. God knows exactly what you give. Amen? Are you sick? Are you, are you still with me tonight? <laughs> Stay with me. But he, he noticed Jesus Jesus watched what the people gave. He is always, God is always interested in our money. Don't forget that. Remember, when you write your check out on Sunday, God's watching. Not this Sunday, but any Sunday. Whenever you write your check out or whatever you do, take it out of your billfold. If you put it in cash, it don't make a bit of difference. We take cash, and we even run checks through twice, but we'll take it all. And whatever you give, God watches. He's always interested in our money. But there's something else Jesus saw. He not only saw what the people gave, but he he also saw why the people gave. For you notice there verse 41 again. Look at it closely. Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people gave. How the people gave. And the word that he used there is a word that not only describes the method, but it is a word that would be descriptive of why they give it. Not only the method in which they gave, but what was behind the method in giving, what was driving them to give. For example, in those days, people, a lot of times, when they made their contributions in these trumpets, for example, you see, they said, notice how Jesus described it, how the people cast money into the treasury. And the word cast that is used there means to hurl violently, to throw it intensely. And what would happen in those days, a lot of times people would come by and they would throw their contributions in these boxes with great force in order to make a loud noise so that everybody around them would know they had put some money in. And the more coins, if they had a lot of coins, and they would come out, throw them into that trumpet, and you'd hear all those coins rattling around in that brass top. And they just stand there and look around like, look what I throwed in. In fact, Josephus, the noted Jewish historian, tells us that some of the Pharisees even hired trumpeters to come in before them and to begin to blow the trumpet to announce, this fellow's about to give. So a lot of times they would come in and that's the way they would do their giving. And so Jesus was watching them, how they gave. They came in and they cast their money. They come in and... Threw their money in real hard so it would jingle. Threw their money in real hard so everybody would hear. But in verse 42, there came a certain poor widow and she threw in. She didn't cast. She threw in. And the word that is used here means to be without violence. It would be like she dropped it in. So here are these people passing by. Throwing their money in hard so it'd make a noise so everybody know that they had given something. And here's a little widow. I can see her in my mind's eye. She kind of just walks out of the crowd, walks over and quickly drops in two little old mites, about a quarter of a cent, and she makes her way on, loses her way on in the crowd there. And Jesus, when he looked at it, he saw how they gave and what was driving them. Such as the folks, when they threw their money in, make noise, all they wanted to do was to be seen. You see, God is not only interested in our money, He's also interested in our motives. He not only is interested in what I give, but He's interested in why I give. What is behind my giving? Is it pride or is it praise? Do I give in order that somebody may brag on how much I give or do I give that I may brag on Him that's given me all things? Do I give, am I driven by the fact that I want to get attention or do I want to give affection? What is the motive behind what we do and why we do it? The bottom line is God is more interested in, our, in the why than he is the why. And God is interested in why we do what we do. Whatever it is, whether it be preaching the Word of God, singing in the choir, teaching a Sunday school class, or giving your money. God, Jesus looks upon us as we give and He also watches our motive. Why do we give? This little lady here made no show about her giving where everybody else was drawing attention to themselves and the way they give. This little lady had no desire to draw any attention to herself and I do not believe it's all just because she did not have money to give. Listen to me. A little lady that didn't have nothing but two mites left in her life to give it, uh, she wasn't embarrassed to give that and I think is what she was given is driven by love and so she didn't come up and make a show out of it. All that mattered to her was she was given to her God and he was being glorified. That's whom Jesus saw. But look at the third and the final thing. Not only where Jesus sat by the treasury at the temple and whom Jesus saw, but you also see what Jesus said. For you notice there beginning in verse 42. Jesus said over in verse 41 against the treasure and there came a certain poor widow and she threw in two mites which make a fathering and he called unto him his disciples and saith unto them. Verily I say unto you. You see that phrase, verily I say unto you? Same thing as saying amen. Jesus said amen. This poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they that did cast into their abundance, but she of her wont did cast into all that she had, even all her living. He was sitting at the temple by the treasury, watching what people gave, watching why they gave it. And then this little widow woman comes by and drops in two little coins, two little thin ones, about a quarter of a cent. And Jesus said, Amen. And he told his disciples, he said, this woman, And then he began to give us some instructions or some guidelines about our giving through the example of this woman. For one thing, notice how Jesus estimated her gift. Look at verse 43. What did he say about her gift? Now keep in mind, she dropped in a quarter of a cent. We don't even have a coin for that. She dropped in about a quarter of a cent to our day's currency. And Jesus, this is how he estimated. He said, "Verily, I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast more in than all they which have cast into the treasury." Jesus had just watched some of them come by and drop in bags of money. He'd saw some of them come in with boxes of money and pour it in there. But here's a little old widow woman It drops in a quarter of a cent and Jesus said, in my estimation, she's given the largest gift of the day. She has given more. You know why? Because it was not what she gave, but why she gave it. Now the rich gave more and that's what they should have done. The rich had more money and the more money a person has, the more they ought to give to God. But she gave little, but in God's eyes, she gave more. She gave more. Let's say one man come in, and he had a $1,000 worth of coins, and he poured those gold coins in. But here's a woman with a quarter of a cent, and Jesus said, she gave more. That's the estimate that he put on her giving. But look at how he evaluated her gift in verse 44. I not know how he estimated, but how he evaluated Verse 44, for all they for all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. You know what Jesus saw and what so impressed him that day and what impresses him about our giving? Now listen to me closely, Because you could take a day like this coming Sunday when we're asking people to give a big gift. And I would say that the majority in this room that really want to give something and would really give it and would give a large gift or use of the ones that don't have it. And there'll be people come here on Sunday morning and they won't have much to give. And they'll put it in, but they'll go home feeling bad because they only gave just a little amount of money. I want you to listen to me carefully. I want you to listen to me. In fact, I want you to listen to God. I want you to listen to what Jesus said in His Word. What impresses God is not the portion, but the proportion. Are you listening to me? Your giving is not evaluated based on the portion, but the proportion. Her giving was evaluated that day not by what she gave, but what she had left after she gave. Are you listening to me? The way God evaluates our giving, God is not interested. If somebody is able to give $100,000, that don't impress God. That don't impress God any more than somebody that's on a fixed income and all they have to their name is $10. And they give that $10 to God, that means as much to God and is even more in the sight of God than somebody that has the ability to give $100,000 out of their abundance. For you see, when God evaluates our giving, it is not based on. If he was to give a tithe of his thousand dollars, he would give one hundred dollars. The tithe. That'd leave him with nine hundred dollars left. But on the other hand, here's an individual that makes a hundred dollars a week. And if they gave their tithe, they would give. Ten dollars, But let's say this man makes $1,000 a week. He gives $100 of it in tithe. But here's somebody that makes $100 a week and they give $25 to God. They have $75 left. Now that $25 is nothing compared to the $100. But when it comes to God and the way he evaluates money, that person that gave that $25 gave a whole lot more than the person that gave the $100 because of what is left. Are you listening to me when it comes to the matter of giving? Listen, I settled this years ago when I first got saved. I was a teenager when I started tithing. That has never been a problem. I settled that a long time ago. That what I do when it comes to the matter of tithe, I don't sit down at the week and say, and look at everything and say, I'm going to tithe if I am able to. No, it's, it's tithe first. And it's not a matter, I will tithe if I can tithe. No, I am going to tithe, and whatever else I do, I'll do if I can do. My tithe comes first. That's been a settled issue a long time ago. That's God's. I'm not going to get in trouble with God over that. And, but, uh, uh, but when it comes to this matter of giving, this giving to God, when God looks at it, He looks at it by what is left out of what you have. That's how you evaluate your giving. Now someone, let's say someone could come in and they got thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in the bank drawing interest, which is great. Recommend it. That's what you're supposed to do. You're to be a good steward of it. But you won't touch it for nothing. And somebody says, but I'm saving it for a raining day. Know what y'all do is invest it for an eternal day. And they got thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in the bank. Thousands of dollars in the bank. And they'll come by and say like on Sunday and drop $100 in there. Or let's say even $1,000, which would be a good offering. And they drop $1,000 in the offering. They've given a large amount of money as far as the average person is concerned. But when you take that 1000 and compare it to their overall wealth, it is a very small matter. But on the other hand, here is somebody that's on fixed income that maybe draws six, seven, eight hundred dollars 800 a month in Social Security and they'll drop in $200. They gave far more than that person ever thought about giving. And when God looks at your giving, it is evalu- evaluates in light of how much is left. You see, what God considers important is not how much do we give, but out of what we give and what is left when we give it. Are you with me? He says, ah, I don't know about that. I don't know about it. Well, let me do this. There used to be when we was kids, you remember when you were playing and you try to get somebody to do something? I dare you to do it. I double-dog dare you to do it. You remember doing that? I mean, daring them, that's really challenging. But, buddy, I double-dog dare. I mean, that was serious. I double-dog dare you to do it. You may not agree with me, but I double-dog you to try it. I double-dog you dare you to try it. Will you do that? And if you'll do, listen, God, I know this book is true. Listen, right here's a book I don't have one question about. This is the Word of God. Every taught, jot, and tittle in this book is God's Word, and it's true. And over and over, God tells us what He'll do. So I double-dog dare you to try it and see if God don't bless you for His honor and for His glory. Amen? It's how you give. That's how you evaluate your giving. Any Sunday, not just Sunday, but any Sunday when you write your check out, you're going to give a tenth of it to God. That's His. If you make $400 a week, $40 is already God's. Forty That's settled. That, that, that's God's. You make $600 a week, $60 is God's. That's settled. But what you're going to do in the rest of it, what you ought to do in the rest of it when it comes to your tithing and offerings, is you're going to look at it. And you're going to take that which belongs to God and then you're going to give it others. And when God evaluates your giving, it'll be based on what is left. That's how God looks at our giving. That's how we ought to evaluate our giving. Let's stand to our feet, please. Take your prayer sheet. Sunday is our Chest of Joash offering. And as you know, it's the biggest need we've ever had. I think maybe the largest need that we ever had was when we did all the paving. The parking lot out here was like 50 some 1000 uh, Plus everything, I think... The need that time ran somewhere around $56,000, $57,000. But uh, all of that came in at that particular time. I think that was the biggest need we had. And I think when we uh, worked in here and everything, I think we put about 40000 in the fellowship hall over there was about 40000 This in the back last year somewhere was around 26000 27000 I think, uh, maybe a little less than that. And uh, different things. But this is by far the biggest. Because this is an actual addition to the building. This is where we go in the back. And we extend the whole back part. And the picture back there really doesn't do it justice. Like all the brown, all the woodwork around the building is going to be done in the white. And uh, a lot of things, it's not even reflected by that picture. That's just a computer image. That's not a uh, real picture. It's just a computer image just kind of give you an idea. And where it all ties in... Uh, it's really going to look good. In the lobby, when you first walk in, all of that in the middle part will actually be glass. it will be a cathedral ceiling like this in here going up. So when you walk in, it's all open. And uh, we're going to hang a big old candle. All there, so, Gene, we're going to light candles and all that. No, seriously, gonna, big light. But anyway, when you come in, all that, the restroom's on either side. And then, of course, out here and, and the, the drive-through. And it's more just putting a roof on there. It's all this, uh, here's going to be built up like the level when you go out the door and that sidewalk level there and goes around. All of that's going to be on the same level. You'll actually come in and pull up into the drive through And when you get out, it's a handicap accessible. Nobody has to go up ramps. Nobody has to go up steps. They can roll right out of their vehicle, roll right into the buildings there. And you're all on the same level and then you actually pull out of the drive through going down. It's, it's just going to be totally different. And plus all the other things, we're cutting it out here on the side out here where... Uh, when you pull in, you'll be able to have in the concrete work done there. So when you come in the street, you can actually pull off the street up on the curb, come right here in the door that goes into the nursery so you can actually pull up off the street, let folks out into that awning, and go right down the hall in rainy days into the nursery area there. And plus a few other odds and ends that goes around the building and uh, awnings and things like that. So it's, it's really going to uh, look good. It's going to be somewhere around $120,000, give or take just a little bit. And uh, it's a big need. But we're trusting God for it and uh, there's been several gifts that have come in already in honor of Michael Adams. We're going to be putting in over $2,000 Sunday just in honor of Michael Adams and uh, other gifts. But what we ask you to do is to pray about giving a special offering to God. That's all we ask you to do and all of it goes. It'll all be put into the building fund. We've already got the building fund set up. We've already made several thousand dollars deposits in the building fund and all of that's going. And uh, we've been way ahead. And Chester Joe Ash is not the only thing we're relying on for this, but we do want the biggest portion of the money to come in Sunday. So you pray about a very special gift. I'm really believing the Lord for something good Sunday, aren't you? <laughs> Gee, I can tell it. I can tell it. Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, I'm so excited. But it is, it's going to be a great day I want you to trust God, all I want you to do Now, all I want you to do is pray about God, what do you want me to give Sunday And I thought about my giving and I I Thought, I'm going to give everything I can Sunday And I was thinking today, I'm not going to be able to give what I gave last Year, but I'm going to give everything I can But then I read this story to help me About my giving this time And I'm going to give it Sunday, but over the next three months I am going to give designate so much every week to the building fund until I give as much as I gave last year and over this course of this project and try to even do more. But uh, Jesus knows what you have to give out of. And that's how He will base your giving. And if Sunday all you've got is, is a dollar, that's all you've got. If you gave that dollar to God, that'd be probably that offering be a whole lot bigger in the eyes of God than it would be if somebody put in a thousand. It's how you evaluate it. And uh, what a blessing. I'm glad God looks at it that way. Aren't you? What a blessing. Our missionary of the week is Pharaoh and Barbara Kearney, serving in Wales with BIMI. This is two fine people. I have been in their church and preached for them in his church in Wales, just outside of Carefilly Wales, a little area there. Been in their home. I've stayed in their home. These are fine people. And they're serving in Wales with BIMI. Our church of the week is White Sulphur Springs Baptist Church in West Virginia. And Brother Lewis Brooks, this is where Brian, is this where Brian's at, Rhonda? I think that's this where Brian is this week. Brian's been preaching this week in West Virginia in revival. So let's remember Brian and be praying for him. Also, Juanita warning because I mentioned Sunday, has been taken back to Huntsville Hospital. want to be praying for her Heather Overby had a big baby boy last night and a uh, little Channing Jeremiah. And uh, so I want to be praying for them. Maybe they get to go home in a couple of days. Miss Hubbard is back at Memorial. She fell. She just got home Thursday and she fell and she's had to go back to Memorial Hospital. So remember her. Also put Tim, our oldest son, on your prayer list. He's been in Tri-County all day long. He's uh, got a kidney stone. So he's really having a hard time. And uh, so... Me and Tracy, <clears throat> we kind of gave him our own description of how <clears throat> they take care of it. So he, I don't know, they let him go home. I don't know if he'll go back now anyway. But remember Tim and be praying for him. He is, he is really hurt and lift him up. I want us to come. And I want us to do three things when you come tonight. Let's pray for the Kearneys, let's pray for Brother Brian and White Sulphur Springs Baptist Church in <clears throat> West Virginia. And let's pray that God will teach us to give the way He wants us to give. Would you come? Let's all gather around the altar and take these prayer requests to the Lord in prayer. Let's all pray. Just find you a place and let's look to the Lord. Our Father, in Jesus' name, as we gather tonight, Your children... Saved by grace, redeemed through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus. We come tonight to pray for our special request. We pray for our missionary of the week. We pray for, for the Farrell and Barbara Kearney. How I thank you for those folks. What cherished friends they've been through the years. Thank you for the work you are doing with them and through them. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done in their life throughout the U.K., Lord, in England, now in the country of Wales, such a barren area, spiritually barren. God, touch the work. I see the people in my mind tonight. I see the building, the place. I hear them sing in my mind. I pray you bless them. God, watch over them and use them in a very special way. Do something in that country through the Kearnies. Pray, Brother Brian, we thank you for him. And I ask you, Lord, you'll use him this week in the meeting that he's in. Bless the church, White Springs, Sulphur Springs. I pray you bless it, Lord. And I pray you would touch there and give him a great week in the Lord. And then as he preaches on the Lord's day, I pray you bless him, touch him, and anoint him in a special way. And then, Father, take your word and work it into our hearts. And may we learn through the example of this poor widow woman. May we learn... give and how to evaluate our giving. And, Lord, when we give to you week after week, may we evaluate our giving based on the principles that we learn from this widow woman. Teach us, Lord, the joy of tithing. Teach us, Lord, the joy of giving a tithe and an offering. Lord, teach us, as one writer would call, how to give supernaturally. Bless us, Lord, on the Lord's day. You know our needs and the objectives, and I pray, God, that you'd amaze us all on the Lord's day and what you would do. I pray you touch hearts and bless the offering. We are your people. This is your work. And so we ask you to use us now, Lord, to meet the need. Channel through us what you want to do in this place on the Lord's day. May it be a miracle Sunday. May it be an amazing Sunday and what God will do. Lord, will it be a Sunday that you'll prove once again that you are a God that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. So touch it and glorify the name of Jesus Christ on the Lord's day. Bless all the things going on here. Thank you for this place. I pray you'd honor Jesus in it. Keep us true to your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Are you glad to be saved, amen? Are you looking forward to giving a big offering on Sunday? I tell you, I'm glad my faith is not in you or I'd be up the creek without a paddle, amen? Now, you're a blessing. I thank God for you. There's a lot of visitors here tonight. Speak to them. Let them know how glad we are to have them. You're dismissed. Shake hands in fellowship. Any of you that go on a trip have any questions about what I said a while ago, see me before you leave.